1: Across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on and Community Media.
2: Good morning, you're listening to Wake Up. On this beautiful Wednesday morning, you are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Johnny bear and David Dawson. Hey, guys. Good hey, hey
3: Chilly, good morning to you. So it's Wednesday. Okay, it's still (laughs) confusing because we had to take yesterday off because... Of the slippery roads and such, and then uh, and then Jeff Blackwell prepared the sidewalks in front. It was covered with ice, y'all, and uh, Jeff Blackwell prepared the sidewalks as only you can do in South Louisiana. He put Tony's down, and it worked just fine, right? So, <laughs> oh, come on. i I'm, so kidding, I'm kidding, <laughs> It was salt, but it worked. <laughs> what
0: a waste of good seasoning. No, no, no. It was just salt. It was just salt. <laughs> oh, okay. I got yeah, you, but it worked. Yeah, it's, it worked. It's, it's, Be careful out there. It is still, what, 16, 17 all across the area here. So it's uh, it's still, Mm -hmm. uh, it's dried up a little bit though. So maybe a little bit safer today. Right. So be careful whatever you're doing. You know, hey guys, so today we are remembering, uh, who's our saint of the day? Saint Anthony, right? Yes. So uh, great desert, father, great uh, father of monk there that left us so many good writings is such a good example. So let's uh, get our stay, uh, day started with prayer. Let's warm up with prayer. That's always good <laughs> calisthenic exercise, yeah. right? To do. So let's do that. In the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh Lord, as morning breaks, we think of you and our desire is to serve you joyfully. With gladness, we consecrate this day to your sacred heart and we offer whatever joys and sacrifices that may come our way. Lord, we thank you for the graces that you will send, the love, the beauty, the ways you continue to answer our prayers. So today, Lord, may we treat others as we would ask to be treated and may we forgive and show mercy to those in need of you. Let us be peacemakers. Let us love our neighbor unconditionally. Take our hearts, our minds, and our strength, O Lord, that this day may be truly lived for your greater honor and glory and for the, uh, the, the your holy name, as we pray in this month of January. Especially, we pray, for the salvation of souls. We pray this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. St. Anthony. Pray, pray, pray for, for us, us.
3: Pray of, of Egypt.
2: Yes. That's right. Thank you yes. so much, Johnny. I was
3: thinking Padua earlier, <laughs> but... Uh... Listening to the radio, I got it right.
2: Not this one. He's got a warm out there. there. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Johnny, for that wonderful prayer. Looking forward to your gospel reflection. That's coming up at 7 after. In 18 minutes, Peter Finney joins us. He is the editor and general manager of the Clarion Herald, the official Catholic newspaper of the Archdiocese of New Orleans. And today he'll be giving us an update of what you'll be finding in this week's issue. In 35 minutes, Father Todd Lloyd joins David. Actually, he's already he's here, in the Backroads studio, studio right, right studio. now. That's We're right. so I am grateful. Here. I'm that's here. right there. Yes. See, he chimes in now.
4: So, <laughs> I, you know, yes. I just I like to see David Dawson's face in the morning, and I just wanted to come and see. him. It's a good way to you wake know. up, isn't it? Sure. Yeah, Make sure.
0: You're nice. Kind of scary. Make sure, he he's a, got it Gets the heart going. Like a cold shower. Hey, oh
3: tell that. Tell that to my wife. <laughs> I'm not sure she feels the same way. Father
2: Father Todd Lloyd is the pastor over at Most Blessed Sacrament Church in Batarouche. Today we're going to be discussing the Most Holy Name of Jesus because January is the month of the Most Holy Name of Jesus. So we'll learn a little bit more about this wonderful month. And in 48 minutes, Dr. Jordan Haddad from Notre Dame Seminary joins us. He's also the president of the St. Louis Ninth Art Society, and we are talking about the church who is a church we're gonna just get down to the basics with our catholic 101 segment today so (laughs) stay with us we have your gospel and reflection coming up right after the break it's five past the hour wake up
3: Good Wednesday to you. I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel comes to us from Mark chapter 3. Jesus entered the synagogue. There was a man there who had a withered hand. They watched Jesus closely to see if he would cure him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. He said to the man with the withered hand, Come up here before us. Then he said to the Pharisees, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath rather than to do evil, to save life rather than to destroy it? But they remained silent. Looking around at them with anger and grieved at their hardness of heart, Jesus said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately took counsel with the
0: Herodians against him to put him to death. Thank you, Father Chris Decker. So guys, imagine this. You're driving along and you come upon an accident. And you get out and there's a person trapped inside the car and you can say, ask them, are they all right? They're able to say, yeah, I'm okay. I think I'm just bleeding a little. And you tell them, well, in that case, I'll be back tomorrow. I'm on my way to church. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> Or uh, <laughs> or imagine your child falls out of a tree, breaks their arm, but your neighbor is, is a nurse. So you rush them over there and they says, oh, it's just broken. It's not getting any worse. Well, uh, keep it still, and uh, I'll check back with me tomorrow, and then you both go back to watching your football game. Well, you know, these scenarios really just kind of portray what it was like with Jewish law at the time of this passage today. Wow. On the Sabbath, then, yeah, on the Sabbath, medical attention could only be given if a life was in danger, and at the most, an injury could be kept from getting worse, but you couldn't make it better. If you, in fact, even if you were being uh, threatened by a gang or an army, you, you couldn't defend yourself. Uh, so it was into this legal distortion of God's intent of the commandments that uh, God Himself, the lawgiver, comes in the flesh on a Sabbath into the synagogue where Jesus is there and He sees a man with a withered hand. Now, Jesus had already had a few rounds with the Pharisees before. <laughs> And so he's kind of walking back into the fray bravely. So Jesus here, the creator of logic, as he does so often, he asks a question that just pierces through the absurdity (laughs) of, of of the thinking of his enemies. And he asks the question, these questions, you love all the questions that Jesus asks. You can just meditate on his questions. And he says, is it lawful to do good or to do evil on the Sabbath, to save life or to destroy it? And of course, they they can't answer because there is no answer to this that they confess up to, but just makes them hate him all the more and band together with their enemies to kill kill him. But you know, uh, lest we cast the stone at the Pharisees, is that really that far-fetched today? I mean, how different is that to say than abortion rights activists outraged at the miracle of birth? or medical boards promoting the mutilation of otherwise healthy children in the name of health, uh, you know, silencing free speech in the name of tolerance is by, by powerful media. And it goes on and on, you know, all this these types of things. See, this uh, modern day Pharisees putting a false ideology above God and neighbor and dismissing modern miracles that are happening all around us all the time. So you kind of get down to this, what's our response to this? You know, when we go to, if we go to Mass, both the first reading and the gospel both proclaim a fantastic answer. So I look at the first reading, we've all heard the story of David and Goliath, right? Mm -hmm. One David facing Goliath, young him. There's one small detail in the first reading today that David goes out to meet Goliath. And when you read this, uh, of course, Goliath is taunting David and mocking God. David's actually, when he throws the stone running literally running toward Goliath. <laughs> no fear. You know, always picture David standing there, destroying right, it. Not himself. You know, yeah. he, mm-hmm. He's he's running toward him, right mm-hmm. into it. And Jesus today is similarly on the of, offense. He's on the offense in the synagogue, bravely facing these Pharisees. Uh, so, you know, as King David, of course, prefiguring Jesus, that is going on the offense. He's reminding everyone of who and what love truly is. Because when you proclaim these divine truths uh, with logic, with facts, clarity, and with charity, evil scurries into the shadows. Later, uh, Jesus would tell Peter, he would tell him, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It's an it's a it's love on the offense. We're the church. We are the army of love on the move. We're the David facing the Goliaths. We're the man with the withered hand. Our Savior has already won. He's actually already healing us. We're merely rescuing the wounded, converting the bad guys, and binding the demons in His name, in His holy name. So here's here's a real challenge for right now. What can we do? Well, to be on the offense. Well, I mentioned today, this is the month of the name of Holy of Jesus which Father Todd will talk about, but also this is the month of January with all kinds of opportunities to defend life, to push back on the culture of death. This week, we're going to see our youth up in Washington DC and others down in Baton Rouge and all over the country that are proclaiming, that uh, calling out evil, asking the right questions, bringing life, not death into the world. We have a novena that just started from the bishops fourth life, and we can jump on that novena. Uh, Next Monday, the 22nd is a national day of prayer for the legal protection of unborn children. So there's so many things that we can do like David, like our Lord today to go walk back into the fray and speak the truth with logic, with clarity and with charity. That's right, guys, so, I guess so the, that's kind of our, our get-up-and-go kind of a, yeah. a, a message today. Yeah. What, what do you think? Walk into the Especially fray. The, I like yeah.
3: it. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah.
0: You just wrote the homily yeah. this evening. Yeah, got I don't have, have to you.
4: prepare mass homily yeah. today. See, that's great. Thank you, Johnny. really yeah. appreciate
0: that. He's over here taking notes. <laughs> I was taking
4: notes. notes on. Yeah, yeah, I got notes,
0: yeah. <laughs> no, I'd no, love to get your thoughts on the gospel today, Father. Really?
4: Well I agree. I agree. Uh, that um, we have to have the a willingness really the, the issue of Jesus is just the willingness to stand up for the truth. Um, mm-hmm. you know, if we are able to witness to him to his name and you know, we'll talk about then he will witness to us, right? If we are able to proclaim him to the world, then he'll proclaim us to the Father. Mm-hmm. And um, the way that we can do that is dependent upon how our culture is. You know, we have to respond to whatever our culture is. If if Goliath is our enemy, you have to respond to Goliath. Mm-hmm. In, in the right way. You have to rush him and throw a slingshot rock at
5: him. Rush him. <laughs> rush him. I like
0: Amen. that. Yes. Rush it. <laughs> right. Thank you, Bob. Mm-hmm. Well, stay with us. Peter Finney's going to join us next with all the news going on in the Archdiocese. It's now quarter past the hour on Wake Up.
5: This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for January 17th. Today we celebrate Saint Anthony of Egypt. Go, sell what you have and give to the poor. Those words from the Gospel of Saint Mark so spoke to today's saint that he gave away his large inheritance at age 20 following the deaths of his parents. Anthony of Egypt went on to spend most of his life in solitude. For a dozen or so years, he lived in empty tombs in a cemetery not far from his village. Anthony's contribution to the church was the witness of solitary asceticism, personal mortification, and prayer. It was a life that attracted others who were drawn to Anthony for spiritual healing and guidance. The Emperor Constantine wrote to him asking for prayers. At age 54, Anthony responded to requests, and founded a monastery of scattered hermits' cells. He founded a second monastery on the Nile River. At age 88, he was giving his considerable energy to fighting the Aryan heresy. Anthony was well-suited to his life of solitude and prayer. Celebrated in the East as the first master of the desert, he died at age 105. There's more about the saints, along with inspiration and Catholic resources, at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day.
2: It is 19 past the hour, you are tuning your heart to the truth. Don't you wanna ask Saint Anthony of Egypt, what is your secret to a long life? 105. Yeah. Especially at his time. Usually mm. it's like, oh, you know, a Diet Coke a day or a glass of wine a day or happiness or it's, it's just different for everyone, you know. Um, but I'd like to know because that's so interesting.
3: I'm not In thinking way. he had the Diet Coke, but you know, he could have had the wine that day.
2: So. I know. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? When oh, you talk to right. those people who are like, they live a long life, they're like, oh, I drink a Diet Coke every day mm-hmm. or, you know, a glass of wine or joy or laughter or something like that. But you want to know how they lived a long life in their time period. You yeah, know? yeah. Anyway. Maybe Peter Finney knows. Peter Finney is oh, the wait. editor in general. <laughs> what did you just say about <laughs> Peter oh, Finney? Herald. Oh
6: <laughs> Maybe. Well, I do <laughs> no, stay inside stay in South Louisiana when it gets below, you know, when it gets below 40 degrees. There you inside. go. That'll keep you alive. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
3: What That's I meant right. by that,
2: Peter, is you report such great stories in the Clarion Herald. Maybe you know the answer to this. But oh, no, let's talk okay. about the January twentieth issue uh, <laughs> that we'll find. Yeah. And you're focusing on California. Catholic Schools Week special section with a close look at school choice initiative. Let's take it over to St. Matthew the Apostle's new approach to middle school learning. Tell our listeners a little bit more about what they're doing over there.
6: Sure. Well, at St. Matthew the Apostle, uh, they have really kind of redesigned the way they teach, uh, especially middle school. Uh, Tony Benneur, the principal, said, you know, really, the world is becoming, especially in the workplace, uh, much more collaborative and problem solving. Uh, and so the, the, the classroom rather than, you know, maybe a lecture style, it's much more collaborative where students, you know, take information from the teacher, but also they help each other. So, you know, the fast students maybe are helping some of the, the, the students and don't quite get it. And sometimes the slow, slower students have a, have a concept that can really, uh, resonate with somebody else. So, It's kind of, uh, how do we, how do we collaboratively reach, uh, you know, reach an agreement on, on certain problem solving. And all the, it's, it's, uh, it's really a fascinating approach. The, uh, the the classrooms are arranged, uh, in in a different way. And, uh, Tony Benora said really, uh, the, the parents love it. The, The scores are up in terms of, uh, you know, achievement uh, in the school. And uh, they, they just really feel like this is uh, a, a way to, to get the kids thinking about, you know, high school and college and, and, and learning, and, and ultimately how to be better citizens and better, and better workers, you know, when they, when they do uh, graduate. So uh, it's a very fascinating uh, approach to learning yeah. uh, in River Ridge at St. Matthew.
2: That's wonderful. And you also have an article about a faith and science symposium coming up?
6: Yes. Uh, Dr. Chris Baglow, who is from New Orleans, actually, he's now a, uh, he's a professor uh, at, no- at the University of Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana. His whole focus, people, you know, sometimes think that faith and science are to, are at war with each other. You know, they, they're not compatible. His whole thesis is, <clears throat> no, uh, faith and science are, are intricately tied together. And he said many of the famous scientists in history uh, were... Catholic uh, c- clergy, bishops, late uh, late people, right. be- believers uh, in the Catholic faith, and th- th- such a rich history. And Chris Bagel is bringing in a symposium of some incredible Catholic scientists, and that's going to be on February 2nd, where about 200 Catholic school uh, teachers and students are going to be, be able to rub elbows with some of the best scientists, Catholic scientists in the world to talk about, how does your faith... Uh, and how does science fit into your faith? And it's really amazing because they're going to break it down in many different scientific uh, uh, sections and stuff. And they're going to have one main kind of major address, but then they're going to have breakout sessions in in different areas. And so he said anybody wow. who attends that symposium is going if you had a question about faith and science really don't go together, they're they're not gonna leave with that same impression. And it's uh it's really a very forward thinking uh thing by uh by a New Orleans native who's making it big at Notre Dame. So uh wow. uh it's 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 mm-hmm. gonna be really, really exciting.
3: Where is that gonna take place? <laughs>
6: It's going to take place at. Uh, it's going to be at Notre Dame Seminary at the Chilphey Auditorium, and uh, there is a. Uh, it, it, the people have already signed up, Not but bad. there is a wait list. There's a wait list, so uh, if any Catholic mm-hmm. high schools uh, uh, and and students uh, you can you can go and and email Chris Baglow and and get on a wait list, and if there's if there's room, I'm sure you'll be able to attend. Gosh,
2: all right, wow, very cool. I'm glad that that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for giving us details on that, Peter. Well, let's also talk about what's happening this weekend uh, in the Orange Diocese. It's Legacy Sunday. Can you tell our listeners yes. and viewers a little bit more about what this is?
6: Yeah, and and uh, this is not not I repeat not a second collection. It's a it's a, <laughs> just a, an idea to to tell parishioners, hey, you know, when you are you were raised uh, in the faith basically, generally people learn and are nurtured uh, in the faith through the sacraments at their local parish, at their parish church. You know, they, they do all their sacraments, they, they go to schools often there at a parish, and so really, and there's a community of, of believers uh, at the parish. But quite often, uh, when people are planning their, their wills and things like that, they, they don't really remember uh, their parish. So it's like a, everything we get is a gift from God, and so uh, the Catholic Community Foundation has really spearheaded this, what they're calling Legacy Sunday. Really, it's the first, they think, in the United States just to get people to remember, hey, the parish really helped me throughout my life. What can I do to, to continue uh, their ministry, you know, after, after I'm gone? Yeah. And uh, so it's just an idea to make people aware. It's, a, it's an awareness campaign uh, about what, the importance of, of the parish as uh, one of the blessings that God has given to you.
2: Wonderful. Well, we'll definitely take a look at that, Peter. I know a lot of people are interested in that. And if they don't know me, they'll learn a little bit more about that through Legacy Sunday. Well, I'm looking forward to this next story because it features one of our favorite people over at Catholic Community Media. And that is the one and only Sean Harrison. Um, Tell our listeners (laughs) a little bit more about this wonderful man. And uh, he has gone through a lot, but his faith has remained strong, if not stronger. Tell us about well, this feature.
6: It, it's incredible. You know, Sean is I think 41 now, and uh, about 18 months ago, he was piloting a Cessna 172, a very small plane, with two others. They were taking pictures uh, of a of a Catholic camp in North Carolina where their kids uh, attended summer camp, mm-hmm. and something happened to the plane, and it flew headlong into woods onto the on the on the camp into 70-foot pine trees and, cr- and crashed in the woods of North Carolina. Normally, when a Cessna, you know, goes into a, a forest, you know, there, there are no survivors. All three men on board, you know, survived. And it's a... You know, it's, it's, in, and Sean, as the pilot, he has no memory of the crash, uh, you know, and, and so he felt a, a great deal of remorse about, you know, his, what could I have done, you know, yeah. so this would not have happened. But, uh, it, it, people reassured him. It looks like it was wind here at the time. That's what the FAA said. So, uh, but he talked about why am I here, you know, why, why I'm, and, and, you know, it's not because I'm a great person, you know, but maybe it's, it's because I can help people see that, you know, God is here through this miraculous event, and it really was a miracle that all three men are still alive. Mm-hmm. And he just talked about, uh, and, and Sean is just a happy-go-lucky kind of guy, but you know, when something like this <laughs> happens, he talked about his wife, you know, who just, about uh, Francis, mm-hmm. who just was at his side the whole time. And uh, actually, uh, a few months ago, he actually got back up in the air again, yeah. just to say, hey, I want to do it. Uh, and, but, you know, he said, the more he thought about it, hey, I did that, and that's fine, but... I'm, I think I'm going to step away now. I think, you know, out of deference to my wife, who never really asked him to stop flying, but said, I'm just going to, I'm not going to do that. So uh, it's, uh, it's a really interesting story. And he's, he's such a good person and, and a faith-filled person mm-hmm. that yeah, uh, yes. we wanted to we'll give him a little time after the accident. And then he just, uh, it's amazing how he, uh, he talks about his life now, you yeah, know? Yeah. Yeah. He has done amazing wonderful,
3: of- wonderful things for us here at Catholic Community yes. Radio, I mean, with with oh, the work that God. he does. So he's it, been a ways, amazing, and, and it's just how he gives of himself for us He knows why he's doing it so. Yes Good man right. Always That's with
2: right. a smile on his face Always yes. Always is like I don't know But let's find out together And if You know And, yep. and yep. then we And then he figures it out I yeah. don't know He's just an incredible That's person And I know that He yeah. has a wonderful support system Over with Francis And his wonderful children So I'm yep. so glad That you are featuring Sean Just a wonderful person um, Let's yeah. take it over To the Kids Clarion Where you're highlighting St. Francis Xavier Middle school teacher Uh Tell us a little bit more about Amy.
6: Yeah, uh, Amy, Amy Shayot she teaches middle school science uh, at St. Francis Xavier, and she was in the public schools for many years, and, uh, and then came to, the, came to the Catholic school system. And she said she something very interesting. She, they went to an active shooter drill where uh they talked about and they were expecting, you know, very technical things, uh, you know, you, you lock the door or whatever. And there was a video of a of a person who had lost a child uh, in an active shooter situation. And uh, he, all he talked about was prayer in the school and how it was how it's so important to pray and God is there. And it really reflected on her, you know, she, the the blessing of being able to teach in a Catholic school to be able to pray every day before every class and uh, it helps students, and the students inspire her. So she talks about just trying to keep science alive for them, but she the, the, the students are the ones that, that keep her going, you know, and, hmm. and, ha- and how much prayer is a part of their life.
2: My goodness. Wow, what some inspiring stories you have in this week's Clarion yeah. to uh, that we can read on this cold day and as the week <laughs> goes on. Uh, thank you so much, Peter. Where can we go and read more stories in this week's you issue? Can,
6: uh, it, it should be warmest. You can go to Mass this weekend and pick it up at church in the Archdiocese. And uh, you can get it online at the uh, e edition at clarionherald.org.
2: Wonderful. Thank you so much. Peter Finney, editor and general manager of the Clarion Herald, the official Catholic newspaper of the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Thank you, Peter, for being with us today. Stay safe and stay warm out there.
6: Thank you so much. Take care.
2: All right. We will learn more about January being the month of the Most Holy Name of Jesus with Father Todd Lloyd and David Dawson when we return from the break. It is half past the hour on Wake Up.
3: 35 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm David Dawson, along with. uh, Who are you? Gabby Smith and Johnny A. (laughs) Bear. Co host. It's been that way for years. I just (laughs) forgot their names because I know what it means to be old, Gabby. 105 years old. But hey, I'm still going. So. (laughs)
5: <laughs> I
3: am with Father Todd Lloyd He's sitting right here next to me in studio Good morning And uh,
4: hey, welcome I mean, Thank welcome you. back Yeah, thanks Thanks for having me
3: Because he's Father Todd's almost a next-door neighbor So he likes <coughs> to right. drop in every now and then And uh, I, I enjoy that I may have you uh, Put you put you You're to work fun. a little harder Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, sure uh, you, you have to call the show about you know. that But, uh, you <laughs> know. Yeah. I bet you he would frown on that <laughs> uh, well, look, we're going to talk about uh, this month being the month of the most holy name of Jesus. That's right. And, and uh, as I was talking with you off mic a little bit, that's a, that's a big, broad brushstroke, you know? <laughs> it, it,
4: well, it is. Um, yeah, the the name of Jesus is a, is a, an important and big thing. Mm. It goes back even before the incarnation, right? Um, because we have the Old Testament uh, prefigurement of Jesus in by name in Joshua. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the disciple and... Kind of protege and uh, successor of of Moses. And Joshua's name in Hebrew, Yeshua is what it's name Jesus is. Jesus right? Yeshua. So okay. So yeah. every so whenever so I, Father Josh Johnson here in town, you know, so I call him Yeshua. Yeshua, you,
3: know, you know.
4: Do you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, and, yeah. and he he loves that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because
3: uh-huh.
4: he needs he needs buildup.
3: He needs more of an ego. He's yeah, kind of shy.
4: That's true. He's, yeah. Yeah, you know, so. he's so humble. So. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Father, so um, Jesus, his name is um, is of course that has that i think that looking through the old testament to jesus you know and understanding jesus is so important so looking through joshua you know and understanding what did joshua do joshua did um something important he led the people through the jordan river into the promised land mm-hmm. and what is what does jesus do Doing that, he yeah. leads us through baptism to the waters of J- his own baptism in the jordan river not to the Promised Land, not to Israel, right. but to where? But to heaven. To heaven. To um, and so he's our he's our our real Joshua. Um, and then and what the the name of Jesus, of course, is important in its meaning too, um, and that is that it just means God's salvation or the you know Savior, right? Okay. So his name itself means Savior. Okay. Um, it's really beautiful.
3: Um, um, now we we celebrated the official feast day on January the third.
4: That's right, right? January third. And so now, and and as is often the case, um, like Our Lady of Sorrows or Our Lady of the Rosary, the month that those feasts fall in becomes is also a feast. Uh, the whole month is dedicated to that particular thing. Okay. So, uh, like October um, is Our Lady of the Rosary. You know. and So okay. the feast is in in the same month. So we have the month of January where the name of Jesus is celebrated on the 3rd of January. We have the whole month. That's we have the whole month dedicated to the name of Jesus.
3: So how do
4: we, Oh well, goodness. It? There's so many ways to, to honor the name of Jesus. Right. And I, I think before getting into some of the, the more, um, active things that we can do hmm. one of the more kind of just pressing constant things we need to do is to be mindful of not using our lord's name in vain you know oh, and, okay. in particular in our culture that's a good point um in our culture it's become mm-hmm. it, anyone who watches television anyone yeah. who listens to the radio anyone who goes out in public if you go to an lsu game or something like that <laughs> you're gonna hear our name mm-hmm. you hear the name of our lord and it's not in prayer no <laughs> it's not <laughs> yeah, uh, and you're gonna you're gonna hear the name of the lord used in vain and disrespectfully and yeah. and so I think you know something that I preached about for the feast uh, a few weeks ago for the Feast of the Holy Name as I mentioned just that first we need to be sure that we're not contributing to that Yeah pay attention to our own speech to make sure we're not using the name of our lord yeah. that is a that
3: is a good point because we're so surrounded with it in the culture and media that mm-hmm. just to, just to shout out you know uh yeah, we, like everyone does in the right. in the media we all I mean, absorb and, yeah. we
4: absorb whatever we I'm sure I do too hear, I just you know? without thinking right. you know just yeah. yeah and so that's that's the first really really big thing and then and the second thing is, whenever we do have that happening around us, we need to find a proper way to react to it. Yes. Because um, St. Paul yeah. tells us, what, what does he say about the name of Jesus? You should bow. <laughs> that every, yeah. every knee is going to bow at the mm-hmm. name of Jesus, that this is the, the name above every other name. And so whenever it is said, whether in reverence or not, we need to learn to react with reverence um and so sometimes you know in in the company of people if they someone else uses the name of jesus we can maybe just interject something like praise be his name or, ha- or have mercy or you know <laughs> yeah. um uh, just to you know to kind of point out to the other person also just to make sure that we're praising the name even if others aren't and um something that liturgically that we can also apply to our lives um, outside of the liturgy is bowing the, uh, with something that the priest um, traditionally did in the, uh-huh. in the traditional mass, and so many priests still do this today, is that whenever the name of Jesus is said in the liturgy, mm-hmm. um, we bow our heads. Okay. It's just a slight bow. It's, you right. know, Um so But if you may, some of you out there going to mass, you may notice your priest doing that if you pay real close Actually, attention.
3: Actually, I've noticed. I'm noticing my fellow
4: parishioners do that yes, now. And it cause me yes. to, say, oh, okay. And I kind of do it along with them. So right. And so that's the, and that's the hope is that people would imitate the priest, right? Mm-hmm. And not only at Mass, you know, whenever the name of our Lord is said, you know, and is the name Jesus specifically is said several times in the Mass, um, but also when we go out of Mass. Um, you know, whenever the name of our Lord is said, or when we say it, to really show reverence to it, even just to give a, a slight head bow, just to acknowledge that I have to, I should be bowing to the name of Jesus, as know, we're as we're told in Scripture. <laughs> you know, that's,
3: my goodness, yeah. that is interesting. That see, that's you're bringing up things that uh, <laughs> yeah. that come to mind that we can do on a daily basis. Yeah, just
4: simple, something simple. Okay, um, and then I, I'll mention one last thing, and that's really one of the places where this feast day comes from um, is the honoring of the 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 uh, Christogram, or the the you know the monogram of uh, of Jesus IHS. Yes, mm-hmm. um, which y'all you'll probably know. It's the name of Jesus from it's the first three letters of the name of Jesus in Greek. Oh, okay. Um, and so that became so popular, thanks um, thanks to uh, Saint Bernardino of Siena, a Franciscan who pr- promoted the name of Jesus, and so he kind of created that IHS banner and brought it to places and had people. Uh, Bow down to it, and you know, but miraculous things happened. You know, in the name of Jesus, whenever He would bring that IHS into the world,
3: we see it on the altars. We do, and and we see it on lots of things. On um,
4: on investments, there are investments that have the IHS very commonly. Bible covers oftentimes have IHS on. You know, so IHS is everywhere. Um, And so, just to kind of be attentive to that in our own lives, when we see that, to know it's Jesus, but also. To start making use of that in our own lives, like maybe to have a place in our home where we have the name of Jesus honored you know, mm-hmm, in a mm-hmm, certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, so the I-H- IHS, every time we see that, we are knowing that we're looking
3: at the name of Jesus. Hopefully
4: so. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The holy name of Yeah, Jesus. that's right.
3: Well, I mean, I've heard other people uh, back in the day say, you know, in his service and things like that. But, yeah, but, it's, but become, I remember that it's become other being,
4: things. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It's become other things, but the original, right. that's where the original is. It, it's a Latinized it's a Greek. It's the Greek version of Jesus' name, IHS. It's the first three letters, and right? Then it turned into to Latin, and then our, you know, and then of course in other languages we found other meanings for yes, yeah, it, which are okay. fine. But it's the name of Jesus.
3: That that yeah. is, that is fascinating. Well, uh, thank you for clarify that and and so this is something we can do continue throughout the weekend uh, for, for, for the rest of your life for the rest
4: of our lives and you know and and to remember to pray um in his holy name you know to call upon God the Father Jesus is really clear about this and you know um it's crazy for someone to claim this unless he's Jesus and that is if you pray to the father in my name the Father will hear you. He'll answer you. you know, so so let's pray in the name of Jesus, you know, make sure that we're offering the name of our Lord to to God the Father. This is the name that he's. He's not. He didn't give Jesus this name for Jesus' sake. He gave Jesus this name mm-hmm. for, for our sake. For our sake, right? And so we should be. And, and
0: demons we're... tremble at the name. That's, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. In difficult it's, times. It's a powerful that name. name, right,
4: Father? That's right. It's a powerful Ooh. name. It can, it can cast out demons. It can, um, it can lift up souls. It can save souls. You know. Yeah. Just this, yeah. just this one word. Just right. this name. You know. Right. Now you're gonna stick around. <clears throat> I'll stick around. I you guess. can stick
3: around a little bit. Sure. Okay. Because sure. I was <laughs> gonna, <laughs> gonna ask you for a blessing. I'm gonna get some
4: more River Road coffee. There uh, you go.
3: I was, I was gonna ask you for a blessing but we'll wait till the end of the show for okay, that sure. we'll just do an overall blessing Absolutely. how about that sounds great so okay good good well father todd lloyd he's nice. going to stick around for uh for our next guest and our next guest is going to be a dr jordan haddad and uh this is going to be interesting we're just going to be talking about the church itself is that right gabby um
2: that's right. Okay. What is Who's the, the church? church? That's another Who is she? big topic. What is, is the church? She? I mean, that yeah. is a big, once again,
3: broad, broad stroke So, yeah. all right. <laughs> it is the bottom of the hour. We will be back on Wake Up.
0: Past the hour so glad that you joined us warm yourself up with a good cup of coffee river road and with the holy name of jesus on your lips that'll do it <laughs> you know uh scripture says <laughs> that the pillar and the bulwark of truth is the church but what or who is the church well joining us right now dr jordan haddad he's the professor of dogmatic theology at notre dame seminary is also the president of the st louis the ninth Arts society and we're continuing our catholic 101 segment good morning dr haddad good morning good to be here with y'all
1: Hey, Father Todd, how you doing?
0: Good morning,
4: Doctor Jordan Haddad.
2: <laughs>
4: Crazy. No, we we, we, we so were just great talking about your history. But, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, so Doctor Haddad was a uh, student at LSU, just a lowly student at LSU. Whenever Lovely. I was, I was a uh, first-year priest at Christ the King on the campus there. Yeah, you
1: were a, a lowly associate pastor. That's and right. a That's right.
4: That's right. Yeah, yeah. You've come a long way. It's it's, uh,
0: it's amazing. You was <laughs> Yeah. You know what's interesting about the hierarchy in the in the church we'll talk about though guys, you may be lowly, but when you get promoted you go down. You just serve more. That's so. right. That's you, true. You, you know, good point. you don't That's go good up, point. you gotta go down. Yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. So so uh, you know, what or who is the church or, or is it both? I'll turn that over to you, Doctor Haddad.
1: Sure. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's the That's the question, right? What is the Church? And uh, on the face of it, it seems like a rather odd question to ask because the answer seems so obvious, right? Of all the, the Christian mysteries, the Trinity, Christ, the communion of saints, sacraments, the Church is probably the mystery with which we're all most familiar because it's the one that's closest to our, our daily experience, right? Because we are the Church, But because we're so close to it, it can be hard to see it for what she really is, you know, the whole miss the forest for the trees thing. And yet the Church is not simply what we experience in our daily life at the parish and schools. Um, She's also a mystery. Um, She is a mystery just as the Father is a mystery, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Uh, Mary, our salvation, you know, in in the Nicene Constantinopolitan Creed, we profess belief, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and also in the Church, the one holy Catholic Apostolic Church. And uh, so great is the mystery of the Church that various early Church fathers were fond of saying that, you know, the world was created for the sake of the Church. And so it's really important that we use that language of belief. I believe when it comes to the Church, because we can only understand who and what she is by turning to the revelation of God, which is true of, of all the different Christian mysteries. And so, um, and so, the church teaches us that if we're really going to understand who, she, who and what she is, we can't we can't just look at her as we look at other organizations, you know, other nonprofits, other NGOs. We have to we have to really understand her in light of who and what God has revealed Himself to be. So, so what is the mystery of the church? Um, one easy way to think about this is to say that the church is the, the special creation of God, right? The special creation of God. That language of special creation is also the same language that we use to describe the human person, because each and every one of us are created in the image of God, and we're created in a way that God is uniquely responsible for both what we are and that we are. And so just as the human person is the special creation of God, so too is the church. So I'm going to explore that just a little bit. So just as God breathed his spirit into the clay in Genesis 2 um, and, and, and thus sort of gave life to the first human being, our first parent, so too does God breathe his spirit into the church at Pentecost. In other words, God creates the church through the gift of his Holy Spirit, and that is important because we obviously wouldn't say that about any other organization or entity on the face of the earth, because they're merely of human creation, whereas the church is is of a divine creation, a divine origin. And just as the Lord put Adam into a deep sleep to fashion for himself a wife from his side, so too did God fashion the church from the side of Christ through the blood and water that that poured forth from his body. Blood and water, which are symbolic for the Eucharist and for baptism, when Christ suffered that sleep of the cross through his death. And so the Church is not only the body of Christ, which is the language gives us she's also the bride of Christ, right? She's the one that the Lord wants to unite himself to in such a way that we are bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, spirit of his spirit. And just as the Church is, just as God is one and yet three, one and yet many, so too is the Church, by virtue of being the special creation of the Trinity, so too do we image God by being one body, one people, and yet many and varied, right? Many and varied, that's that's Catholic, Catholic meaning universal. Mm -hmm. And finally, just as Christ is both human and divine, so too is the Church made up of human and divine elements. Right? She is the dwelling place of God, for whom the Holy Spirit is her soul, as it were, and yet she's also thoroughly human because her members are are human. So she's replete with all the the glories and tragedies that come that come with with humanity.
0: Wow. <laughs> so you're describing, a, yeah, uh, you know, a visible and an invisible church, a body, but. You know, sometimes these mysteries, too. I, I was looking at the catechism, we have to use, I guess, symbols and things like that to kind of portray a, a reality that's difficult to put into words. And I was, there's so many of those. The uh, church is called the gateway, the cultivated field, building. You mentioned uh, bride and mother, even temple, and even the church being a sacrament itself. Um, what? What, what do you think of that uh, aspect of using uh, when we people ask us, "Hey, what church do you go to?" Or you know, it, it kind of opens up a whole bunch of uh, uh, questions there. But uh, so, your thoughts on that, real quick? We got about a minute left, by the way.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, on the first point, you know, it's really it's really fitting and important that that there exists a number of images and, and ways of thinking about the church, precisely because. She's not this simplistic thing, right? She's a mystery. and anytime we're talking about mysteries, we're talking about things that exceed full human comprehension. And so God gives us a number of different ways of thinking about her, each of which are helpful for helping us get closer to the heart of the mystery from different ways. And then to your second point, you know God created not not many churches, not two churches, not three churches. He created one church, that right church. one Lord. One church. baptism, one faith, one church, uh-huh. right? Because the unity of this people is the bride and body that he brings into himself. There you go. And so when we look mm. around at the Catholic mm. Church and all these other denominations and churches around us, we should see not other brides, other bodies, but people that God has called to enter into his one mm. Catholic church in order to enjoy that Beautiful. divine communion for all of life and eternity. There you go.
0: Oh, thank you. Oh, that's, uh, yeah, well, that's, yeah, With so much more to, to touch on there. Well, Dr. Haddad, thank you so much. Where can people keep up with you and find out more if they want to know about their church, the church?
1: Sure. Yeah, so Notre Dame Seminary, um, you know, nds.edu, we we have a lot of things going on, uh, great things going on over there. And then through, you know, the St. Louis the Ninth Art Society, we have a lot of up- upcoming exciting events on the horizon. And uh, you can find us at sl9art.com. Great.
0: Oh, thank you, Doctor Haddad. We appreciate you <laughs> so much. Well, uh, Father Todd, would you mind uh, leading us out with prayer on this day? Let's do it. In the, name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen.
4: Lord Jesus, in Your holy name, we thank You for all the blessings of our life, especially the church, and we ask for Your blessing on all of us in this day. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
2: Amen Thank you you so much Yes So thank you to Jeff Blackwell Our audio director And Karen Cotton Our video technical director Thank you so much for joining us today We'll catch you back here tomorrow At 7 a.m. Central Time We're talking about wonderful Lenten Resources Stuff for the kids Easter baskets And marriage and family life Have a wonderful Wednesday God bless Wake up is a production of Catholic Community Media.